Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are that you? That is me. I'm all right. I'm all right. A lot of uh, – we're, we're sort of in football here. I mean, I'm going home to watch a football game on television. I probably haven't been able to say that since the Super Bowl, literally. So, all right. I'm excited. Are you, going, are you watching the high school game tonight, the St. Paul's game? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching on TV. It comes on at 6 p.m., St. Paul's and Spanish Fort, and there's a second high school game that's on that I'm uh, taping as well that I'll watch tomorrow night. Williamson okay. and Faith Academy. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so, Jimmy, since we last spoke, um, some things have happened as mm-hmm. just 2020-esque things. I mean, Hurricane Laura uh, came through, and it has caused a lot of delays in high school games tonight across the state of Alabama. So now not only are you dealing with a pandemic, not only are you dealing with social unrest practically everywhere, but now we're dealing with the remnants of a, of a moderately strong hurricane uh, that came through, really hit Texas and Louisiana, obviously, more than us, but it has affected Alabama weather. I know the local high school game here was moved till tomorrow night. Um, and then we've also had the NBA players. I don't want to get off on this too much because it's, it's an Alabama podcast, but it does – relate to the SEC in a sense, where the NBA, player, NBA players walked off the uh, the court or boycotted or, or or they went on strike, however you want to define it. And, um, you know, I don't really know what to think anymore. I, as, as somebody put it on the website you and I write for in Crimson Country Club, I mean, there is practically nowhere to go to just have an escape anymore. Um, you can try to go to YouTube, but if every time I click on YouTube, there are a hundred videos about, you know, COVID this, what we did wrong, what Biden would do worse, what Trump is doing that's awful, um, or you know, Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or something. There's just something everywhere. And then meanwhile, apparently Kentucky and uh um Mississippi State players boycotted practice as well. And um, you know, you just wonder how much of a trickle down effect all of this is gonna have. Yeah, I don't really call it a boycott Boycott when it's done with the total support of the coaching staff and the league. So I, I don't know what you call that. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, the league's not upset. I mean, the SEC's not upset. The NBA's not upset. The owners aren't upset. I mean, and, and, and the SEC, when Kentucky and Mississippi State walked out, their coaches walked out with them. Uh, I, I, I would call it just a protest. And, uh, you know, just it's just a protest. And raising more uh, awareness. They want their, their voices heard, and this is how they, they chose to do it. And they didn't shoot anybody by doing it, so it doesn't bother me. But regardless, uh, I missed out on a couple of nights of NBA action, so I'm a little, a little perturbed about that. But there's high school football tonight, so I would rather watch high school football than, than NBA playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the sports on television tonight. It's, uh, it's live football right up the road from my home. It's kind of weird. I would almost certainly be at St. Paul Spanish Ford, if not for the coronavirus, because it, that game will literally be played about seven miles from my home. So uh, I hate that I'm not there, but on the other hand, very grateful that uh, ESPN is airing it and uh, even a couple of Alabama prospects to watch out there. Uh, yeah. And also that Jace Sultan is on St. Yes. Paul. That's somebody I've been excited. Yep about watching um because i haven't seen him in person so uh anything else you want to just get kicked off right now i mean again 
the, the, all the stories seem to be nationally related, but um, I think that uh, the, the big 10 coming back and saying, you know, sort of circling back and saying, okay, we may start in Thanksgiving. We may start in January. Uh, You know, who knows what we're going to do. We're crazy like that. They are crazy like that. I I would be, if I was a big 10 fan, or that was my my favorite league. And I'm a Big Ten fan, and since I love college football, I mean, you know, so I guess that makes me a Big Ten fan. They play college football. I'm just saying if Michigan or Ohio State or Illinois or Indiana was my team and not Alabama, I would be so furious today. Today feels like the day that the Big Ten sort of said, okay, 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 we screwed this up. This is what we're going to do to fix it. But you're not fixing it. You're not fixing it. You could still fix it, you know, with a September 26th start time like Alabama and the SEC is going to do. Today would be the first day of fall camp. Today would be the normal first day of fall camp if you're playing September 26th. So all those kids are in school. They're all working out. They're all doing that 20-hour practice thing or 10-hour practice thing. Just start practicing today. Play on the 26th. You could do it, but 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 no. They're not going to do that. That would be too much of an admission that they got it wrong. They don't want to start the spring, which we knew was crap. We all knew that was crap day one. We said it right here. They're not going to play in the spring. That's a lie. There's way too many problems with playing in the spring, which immediately changed. Okay, okay, can't can't do the spring, can't do the spring. We can do the winter, which produces its own set of problems. And, and God, they've screwed this thing up so bad. The only thing that's going to happen at this point that's going to make me mad is if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 accommodate the Big 10 by, okay, okay, we'll all start Thanksgiving and we'll, we'll make one big happy family again. No, that, that'll piss me off. That's, that's not right. I mean, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 had this right from day one, and they shouldn't accommodate anything just because the Big 10 got it wrong. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. That's going to – uh, that would make me pretty upset if we all just count out to them. Um, that, there's no way that should be what happens. And, um, you know, I tried to mute you and I muted me, I think. <laughs> You've got so much going on in the background, I can't tell what in the heck's happening. So I've got you on mute if you're talking right now. But uh, going back to the uh, Big Ten, you know, I'm like you. Why can't they just say, oh, I mean, look, you don't even have to say you're wrong. I don't think it's cool if the league says, okay, we screwed this up. I think what the league can say is we reevaluated. And once we reevaluated, we figured out that um, we had made a, um, we had made a miscalculation. I mean, say in, in any smart Big Ten Northwesterny way you want to that you screwed up, without actually saying you screwed up, because we all know at this point you kind of screwed up. And even if the season is eventually canceled, I think it's clear that the Big Ten and Pac-12 have screwed up. But, Jimmy, let me tell you where you don't screw up. You don't screw up when you go to rockauto.com. You need to go to rock – yeah, you need to go to rockauto.com. Check them out, ASAP. Best people, best prices, best parts you can get for your car at any time. R-O-C-K, 
A-U-T-O.com. We all know the jingle. You, you've got it stuck in your head. Right now you're going, Rock Auto. I know you are. That's okay. That's cool. That should just remind you, you need to go check out Rock Auto for your chassis and your windshield wipers and your brake pads and your uh, seat covers and steering wheel covers and fuzzy dice. Whatever the hell you want, go to rockauto.com. Fuzzy dice. I hope people <laughs> go get your fuzzy dice at Rock Auto. God, I hope they have fuzzy dice. If not, I've seen a lot of people there with, with no purpose. They're going to be pissed at me. That's where I'm going for my fuzzy dice. All right, Jimmy. So uh, anything going on in Alabama practice that has you, uh, you know, either elated or up in arms? Nothing up in arms. Uh, you know, Bryce has been absent a couple of days. Make of that what you will, everyone. I mean, I think you can add two and two and come up with four there and and that's fine it's very early in camp he'll be back very very soon um you know they've they've done some moving around the offensive line one thing that people haven't added up there and i don't i don't know the answer to this but i mean that could also be covid related i mean when you're like hey you know owens is here then the next day like where's dalcourt when when owens was out uh, you know, they put Ekior there. Where's Dalcourt? He's not even second team guard. Well, maybe he's out. I mean, that's the thing about the COVID stuff. You don't really know. We also don't have beat writers at practice. I mean, the other day I saw one of the dumb, un, what I call an unintentional dumb post, but someone on one of the big boards posted, man, these strength conditioning guys are paying off. We're having like no guys miss practice. How the hell do you know? Nobody knows that. No, but it's just not being reported because there's not reporters there. How, th- 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 no one knows that. I mean, no one at all knows that, frankly. I, I mean, that's just, we don't know what's going on in practice because there's not beat reporters there. I find out some things. I know some things, uh, but not all things. And one of the things that we certainly don't know is who's getting banged up, who's got like a shoulder contusion, who's got an ankle, who's got a knee. We don't know those things for sure because we don't have beat reporters at practice every day and without beat reporters at practice every day taking attendance we're just not going to know things like who's healthy who's practicing who's not practicing so in terms of you know what's going on exactly at practice we we have those videos uh we have photos and there are some things you can tell from them particularly uh you know you can tell who's on the first team at times based on how we're lined up in drills but uh but so far, nothing, uh, nothing shocking. I'm very encouraged by buzz, though, regarding Will Anderson and Brian Branch. It seems to me in the early going of fall camp, uh, those are the freshmen to be most excited about based on uh, what's going on so far. Brian Branch is getting a lot of love on, on uh, Bama Online, et cetera, et cetera. I also think it's quite modest of you to say you know some things but not all things. I think – I think you're really selling yourself short there, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, and like I said, when, when, when players are hurt, when the guy posted, you know, on a, on one of the big message boards, man, these strength and conditioning coaches are great. We haven't had a single player hurt. How that? A that that can't be true. And and we we I do know that Keho is hurt. I think most people know that. But uh, I, you know, we don't know. No one knows that. Just because it's not being reported, it's not reported because there's no reporters at practice. And Nick Saban is not just going to tell everybody because that's just not what Nick does. You know, so we don't know that we don't have players banged up or hurt. I would okay, imagine Jimmy, we do. It's tip. It's typical of practice that people get hurt. So I would imagine we do. Okay, Jimmy. For this last segment. 
uh, in this abbreviated podcast, we are going to talk a little bit about recruiting. First of all, we believe we'll get Tim Keenan tomorrow, right? I mean, that's that's the consensus, right? I believe so. Uh, I, I'm excited to get him in the sense I think he's a good prospect. We, we have been on a roll on these interior tackles from Birmingham going back to Marcel Darius. I mean, you know, Darius, Quinnen Williams, Deron Payne, DJ Dale. These are all Birmingham area defensive linemen that have all not only panned out, they've been really, really good. So, heck, for that reason alone, let's let's jump back in the pool and take Tim Keenan. Uh, my only my only reticence to it has nothing to do with Keenan as a prospect. Again, I think he's a legitimate top 10 guy in Alabama, and I take a top 10 player in Alabama every year, period. But once if Keenan and Parker are on board this weekend, per my count, we'll have room for five more guys. That's it, five. And we, we need a tight end. We need a fourth receiver. We got the, uh, the Ohio State decommit out there. We have Shamar Turner out there. We've got Terry and Arnold, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Kmar Wheaton. All these guys are out there, and we'll only have five spots. That, that's my only word of caution about taking Keenan and Parker. Yeah, well, Keenan and William Parker, the offensive tackle from Nashville, who may be committing to Alabama and are good players. I'm not going to be going, oh, crap, he's never going to be good. No, that's not it at all. I'm just saying. Five more spots and about 15 guys that we have a good chance with. <laughs> we're just not going to have room, assuming more than five of them want to come. No, that's true. And and I think that's what everybody has trouble wrapping their head around. And the standard answer is, hey, let Saban handle it. And I understand that. I'll let Saban do my taxes. I believe in him so much. But um, my question is, you know, there are a lot of big boys out there. I mean, and not just big boys with by in ranking only. I mean, guys that we know are really, really good. And it feels like we're going to, bypass them and if i just find it odd you know and i'm not saying these guys aren't good i find it odd that we press for tim keenan at this point uh we took anquan barnes commitment way back when uh even though anquan barnes is a huge human being and i think he's you know the kind of defensive lineman we historically take all the time so i'm happy to have him but just based off ranking it seems like we went a little early with these guys now saban would probably tell me i don't know what i'm talking about and that's fine and again, um, I'm not trying to say I don't want them in this class. It just it feels like guys are crawling over each other to come to Alabama, and I, I, maybe Saban just likes these guys more than we think. I'm sure you know. Obviously, when you green light the commitment at that time, you're 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 really excited about them, and 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 for all I know. They couldn't be more excited about every single kid that's committed to Alabama in this class, but. But then you get closer and these big dogs who have kind of waited to run late, uh, seemingly an issue. But, you know, one thing I think fans get wrong a lot, and I, and I read this on, you know, on our board uh, that, that me and you post on frequently, but that can be, you know, uh, what, what, you know, you see this all the time. You're like, oh, well, with those good players, they'll just make room. Well, we joke about saving math. But, but really, there's 26 spots, and, and really 27, but the 27th spot belongs to Caden Clark, who we who pushed into the next group. So it's really 26 new names. That's it. It's 26. I know we joke about saving math, but no, no, it's 26, and, and we can all count to 26. It's not, it's not any more complicated than that, unless he can talk, you know, kids into gray shirting and blue shirting and and that sort of thing. And maybe that talk's coming 
you know, for a player or two. Maybe that happens. But this is what doesn't happen, even though I know some fans like to think this does, but it doesn't. What doesn't happen is an assistant coach calls a kid that's been committed to Alabama for four months and says, ah, we gave your spot away to someone else. Uh, we, we like this kid from Florida more than we like you, so we gave your spot to him. And I know it's just a few weeks from signing day and no one can go on visits this year, but, uh, but you can't sign with us. We, we don't have room, even though we told you in writing that we do and you said yes, but we don't have room. <laughs> that's not that's that, does that happen yes has that happened yes is that something Alabama does all the time no no they do not nor do they want to do that so there is no we'll just make room we could try you know you could go to some kids who are already committed and say have you heard about our gray shirt program I mean and, and that happens and sometimes like Caden Clark being a great example Caden hurt his knee I mean, Caden was going to enter and be a regular freshman in his group, and he hurt his knee. So you go to that kid and you say, hey, this will work out for everybody. We can give you more time to rehab. We can make sure on day one you're ready to go. You'll be totally healthy, and that knee will be behind you. We'll just delay you entering for a semester. It's a perfect solution, and everybody's happy. But that doesn't happen unless, you know, Caden hurt his knee. So you never know exactly what will happen. But just the general blanket statement, oh, you make room for a guy like that. Well, no, <laughs> largely you can't make room for a guy like that, whoever that happens to be. Yeah, um, that, you're right. And, and I think most people do believe, you know, again, it's just Saban will handle it. And I understand. I mean, I understand. I, I believe that too. Um, but uh you know, the, the fact of the matter is we're going to be running short on slots. Do you ever think, like, when Saban has to do the, you know, I got to talk to this guy into taking a gray shirt talk, that he, like, shows up with his favorite meal or something at, at his house, <laughs> candy and flowers. Like, hey, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit. Listen, so you're going to gray shirt, and he's like, excuse me? Yeah, you're going to gray shirt, just like we talked about. We never talked about it. Oh, no, remember, I remember, I distinctly remember my saying, you're going to gray shirt, and you were like, oh, really? That sounds so cool. It's a gray shirt. You, yeah, and we high-fived, and I left. Remember that? <laughs> it does kind of work like that. Now, that, it does work like that. Um. Boy, okay. No, so, here, here's what it comes down to, because this sounds crazy, and, and, and for everybody that thinks Alabama recruits great, we recruit better than that. I've said this for years. I don't know I can say this about every single Saban class, but I, I say this and I mean it. Based on what I know from inside and outside the program, I really believe this. Every year since Saban has been here, Alabama has signed one of the best five groups, and usually higher than that, Alabama signed one of the best five classes in all of college football. I would also say that take another 25 guys, 25, that Alabama turned away because we didn't have room for them. It's an entire other top 10 class almost every year, and it will happen again this year. Yeah. A top 10 class, 25 other names that we tell those kids at some point in the process, we can't take your commitment, we don't have room. I think we've done that every year under Nick. We signed a top five class, turned another full top 10 class away. 
That's, that's amazing. amazing. But I, I 100% believe that's true. And I, I think you're spot on with it. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, all right, Jimmy, when we have another podcast, we are going to be talking a lot about uh, some of the high school games from this uh, past weekend, which is this current weekend right now. And um, I'm doing the scoreboard show tonight, so I'll have a lot to pass on, even though we joke that I may only have like four scores to go over tonight if all these cancellations come through. So it's going to be two hours of me telling you the same scores in many different fashions. Um, I don't think our local games at Mobile, they're not. I mean, I've been away from the internet as, as the law practice sometimes requires me to do. Uh, we haven't had crazy weather here. Is that happening somewhere else? Yeah. You know, it's just, I think the anticipation of it, um, we did have a pretty quick violent storm go through here just a few minutes ago. But um, it's it just sort of moved on, and now I don't know if it's going to rain again tonight or not. But I think some people were just worried about what it could be. Everybody's on the edge, man. That's true. I posted last night or I tweeted last night what what amounts to my final predictions of record, the tenant of the record, and we can talk about it more, you know, on our next podcast. But you know, everybody's record in the SEC West uh, said mm-hmm. Alabama will be ten and zero, and. A&M will be eight and two, LSU seven and three, Auburn six and four. And then I have Mississippi State at four and six, Ole Miss at three and seven, Arkansas at 0 and 10. So that, that's my official prediction. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I was told immediately when it came out, boy, those LSU fans are going to be mad. And boy, were they. I got lit up and, and it was fun. I enjoyed every one of them. I had an LSU starting offensive guard from three years ago text at me. Or tweet at me. <laughs> said, Jimmy, you're drunk. Jim said, Jimmy, you're drunk. Go home. <laughs> and I laughed. And I'm like, wow, that's Will Blackwell. I remember him. He was a good player. Well, not only that, <laughs> he's right. I am drunk. <laughs> that's, that's what I responded to. I said, you know, you could say that to me most of the time and you'd be right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, and, and they're mad. You know why the LSU fans are mad? I, they're not mad at me for an Alabama fan such as myself saying Alabama will be 10 and 0. I don't even think they're mad that I'm predicting Alabama beats LSU. I don't think they're mad about that. I think they're going, oh, he's crazy. LSU's going to beat Alabama, but they're not mad. What they're mad about is the implication, and I didn't just imply it, I mean it, the implication that AM is going to beat LSU and be better than LSU. That infuriated them. So that's, that's kind of, it's kind of funny. I do feel that way. That is my honest opinion. But uh, I'm ready to be wrong. Hey, I'm always the first to admit, boy, I was wrong about that. But that's how I feel today. I feel that same way about A&M and LSU, but as soon as I say it out loud, I feel like a dumbass. Yeah, it it is one of those things that I really felt it, and then I wrote it out and looked at it. But, I mean, Kellen Mond over Miles Brennan, yeah. A&M's coordinator's back, yeah. A&M hadn't had a single player opt out. LSU's had three defensive starters opt out. So it's not crazy. Oh, and by the way, they, they AM beat LSU just two years ago. That's right. It wasn't forever ago, it was just the season before last. So it did seven weird ass overtime. I know it was 48 overtimes, and I stayed up to, to two in the morning after the Alabama Auburn game watching that thing. But uh yeah, I'm just saying it's not crazy, but boy, those LSU fans got mad. I even had a girl cussing at me. A girl. Well, it was probably no, a toddler. Not. I've been to some LSU games where I've had four-year-olds flip me off, so don't be too surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and the thing was, it was a spring game. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, Jimmy, roll tide. Roll tide, everybody. <laughs>